Alright, welcome back to Magic with a K. This is episode 4. And we're going to be talking about different season-changing entities and deities. And probably just what we do on the holidays ourselves, at least the upcoming one. Yeah. Uh, we're actually recording this on a Tuesday. So it's two days before what we celebrate is Thanksgiving here in the United States. And, of course, I'm Daniel. And I'm Alex. And welcome back. So... Once again, you can always send us an uh, email if you want to at magicwithak4info at gmail.com and I will have that in the episode just like I did last time. I forgot to do that on the first two. But we got that fixed. So anyways, here we go. Go ahead. Hi. All right. So um, t like he said, today we're going to talk about um, some of the um, entities and deities that are commonly associated with the changing of the seasons, especially from the warmer season to the colder season. Um, here in the northern hemisphere is where we're at, is where that's happening now. Um, for those of y'all in the southern hemisphere, y'all have the reverse right now. Um, and then also some of the ways that we celebrate um, and incorporate the occult into those times of years in our lives. So, you know, obviously we'll start with a, a story that probably a lot of people know, and that's going to be about Persephone yeah. going down to the underworld, and therefore that's one of the reasons we have autumn, and then we go into winter, and then when she comes back from the underworld, that's when we have spring and then summer. So, um, actually, uh, so... The fun thing about Persephone that I love is that there is actually some scholarly debate that's been going on for the last, you know, several years about whether or not Persephone is in the underworld in the winter or in the summer mm. because of the way the growing happens in Greece. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So okay. there have been um, many... Um, people, scholarly researchers, who have said it would make sense because the Greeks would think of the summer warm months as the barren, dry, unbearably hot months. Mm. Um, okay. As being when Demeter's like, well, F it all. We're done with this. And then the cold months would be when the a lot of the growth does happen in Greece. That's true. Yeah. So that could so, be interesting. Yeah. So that's mm. um and, and that's an interesting one um that I, I enjoy. Now in my tradition we do celebrate uh Persephone uh going to the underworld in uh the autumn. Right. See, I already knew that that's why I brought that up. Yeah. So uh but yeah it, and it's also a pretty famous story that a lot of people if you've if you've ever, you know, uh, seen anything there's there's a couple of uh, I guess passing references to it and different stuff but there's also if you've read any classical mythology stuff like that it's usually taught in a lot of places if you've done anything like that and that's why we're not going to get too much in depth no. with it because any cursory overview of mythology you're going to know about Persephone um, another real good one that I like that's in the same vein is the story of Inanna hmm. so Inanna her husband died, and so she had to go to the underworld to get him back from her sister, who was the goddess of the underworld. She had to go through seven gates to get there, and at every gate she had to discard a piece of jewelry or clothing or something. So, And each of them housed some of her power. So she gets down there. 
She's not wearing anything. She's lost all of her power. Her sister now has control. Yeah. Um, but she makes a deal with her to be able to get her husband back for half the months. And that's their changing of the seasons as well. So it's also very much on that same line. And when you look geographically and time-wise, where these two um, stories come from, because Inanna comes from Sumeria, right. whereas uh, Persephone and Demeter would come from Greece, mm -hmm. those are not that far geographically speaking, and they're in between them is where a lot of the... Um, a, a lot of blending of stories would have happened. Right. So it, it's not out of the realm of reason for one of the stories to, one of the cultures or stories to have influenced the others. But I just, I think that's an interesting one as well. Right. And that's, you know, the thing about most of the stories that we have is that they've, they've all been influenced by the different places that people have been, what they've done, different things like that. Like, you know, obviously, you know, talking about Thanksgiving, obviously up here in the U.S., you know, for most of us, the story that everybody pretty much gets is about the Plymouth Rock thing with the pilgrims, and, you know, they were celebrating after actually having a harvest and different things like that. And while there's, there's some truth in that, obviously they did do that, uh, there's also, of course, just the funny part a lot of people may not know is there's actually some debate about who exactly had the first Thanksgiving here? Because it's one of those, there's some that talk about there was a Spanish admiral that was named Don Pedro Mendez de Avilas, probably murdered that, uh, and he supposedly arrived at St. Augustine on September 8th of 1565, was greeted with trumpets and artillery, which means cannons, uh, and the captain of his fleet, uh, a father Francisco Lopez, then claimed Florida for his country and, of course, God. They supposedly invited the local indigenous tribes, and they had a big old Catholic Mass along with a celebration of Thanksgiving that went with that. And so Florida has kind of tried to claim that as well, with potentially having one in Jacksonville as well, back in 1564, so like maybe even a year earlier is what they've tried to talk about. And then you go to Texas... And the Society of the Daughters of the American Colonists, they've placed their own historical marker near Canyon, Texas. And supposedly, around May of 1541, the Span Spanish conquistadors may have had a type of Thanksgiving celebration there at that point. So there's all kinds of things going around. Now, you might wonder where I got that all from. Well, it's actually from a book called Occult Arcana, written by Ryan Gable. Uh, he's actually a pretty neat guy. If uh, you want to listen to Ryan Gable, he's actually got a uh, podcast slash radio show called The Secret Teachings, if you want to go look for that. I've actually listened to him quite a bit on uh, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. He's out of Portland, Oregon. He's actually syndicated, uh, Clyde is, and his show is actually really good. He's, it's a radio show. But anyways, so yeah, that's just some interesting stuff about potentially early Thanksgiving stuff. Well, and when you think about that, um, so in my tradition, we celebrate a um, festival called Mavon, which mm -hmm. is very much um, our you're Thanksgiving. You're jumping ahead of me. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so go for it. No, so that's the, that's the whole thing. You know, going through the history and everything like that, you know, you've got at different points, even with the, once the United States basically declared independence and then, you know, we fought the Revolutionary War, did all that stuff. And then, basically, we've held Thanksgivings at different times, usually in November, 
usually on the fourth Thursday of November type deal. But a lot of times it was just like not really a set in stone, okay, we're doing this as a national holiday. Yeah. That really didn't come around until basically the Civil War. And after that, yeah, Franklin Roosevelt uh, basically made it a federal holiday at that point. But as it even talks about in here, you know, you've got, so uh, they, <laughs> which is the funny part, he talks about the commercialization of the Sabbaths. Yeah. And, or Sabbaths. And so, like, for instance, you, of course, instead of Samhain, you had Halloween. Instead of Yule, you had Christmas. Instead of Ostara, you had Easter. And then in Maybon, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you had all those things basically start to go over top of them. And as, as he talks about, you know, not dissimilar from the official transitions ordained by the church to incorporate pagan tradition with Christianity, albeit for different reasons. Which is funny because um, Maybon... Um takes place in September. Right. Um, but it is, um, it's a harvest festival, like we think of Thanksgiving as a harvest festival. Um, and it is about giving thanks to the gods for providing you with all this bounty. Um, you know, uh, like I think a lot of people in, gosh, most every religion in this country thinks of Thanksgiving as a very secular, just American holiday. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, like a, like an American, I do celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, I, I enjoy it when my friends in Canada say it's Thanksgiving a month early, and I'm like, cool, we're going to have turkey also. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, Mavon is the autumn equinox mm -hmm. and so that is when we would celebrate our religious version of thanksgiving in my tradition and yeah that one goes back millennia right um which is usually what happens with most celebrating right most thanksgiving harvest, harvest festivals right and that's the whole thing i mean harvest festivals have been around a long time ever since basically probably agriculture i would guess oh yeah absolutely um it makes sense yeah, if you're even in a hunter-gatherer society, but absolutely in an agricultural society, oh, yeah. your year is ran by the season. Oh yeah, because when you're living, you know, hand to mouth, mm. yeah. I mean, if you have a bad crop, you're gonna die. <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, in my tradition, we have the wheel of the year. Mm -hmm. um, not well, not all pagans use the wheel of the year. In my coven, we do. Um, and the way I've always taught the Wheel of the Year to my children and the other children of our coven is that you can think of the Wheel of the Year as having um, a longest night, a shortest night, three harvest festivals, and three fertility festivals. Makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, so two midpoints, uh, you know, like two halfways, and then a long, um, and then the harvest and the fertility season. Um, and so we did just have our final harvest festival. Um, a, couple weeks back which would have been Samhain or mm -hmm. as y'all call it Halloween right um <laughs> so uh, or Samhain <laughs> no <laughs> Samhain is a uh, Celtic um word it's a I it may be Gaelic right I, there's not, some um dispute over yeah that. yeah but um any true celtic based languages i mean your welsh people your gaelic speaking people your scots speaking people your irish speaking people they'll all be very quick to inform you that it is pronounced Samhain. right 
Yeah, it's pretty funny. It, it, yeah, yeah uh, his daughter at one point was like, Sam Hain. Sam Hain, that's right. No. We got Sam Hain all over the place here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the other um, season-changing entities that I like to think about is a figure that is kind of difficult to classify. I like to think of him as Faye because so much about him is very Faye-like. And that would be Jack Frost. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even though that's a very um, modern actually, figure. Actually, yeah, that's probably a pretty accurate statement based uh -huh. on... Well, I mean, it, so anybody who's watched the old, uh, you know, basically it was claymation type deal mm -hmm. of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then they came out with one that had Jack Frost in it. Uh, they had one that had the Heat Miser in it. That was yep. funny as all get out. Oh, yeah, those are definitely... Yeah. And they're fun. They are. They're, they're fun, and they're funny, but... It's one of those, yeah, you're right. Jack Frost is, yeah, I would classify him as a fae. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he's doing all kinds of, well, he, he's able to do some, some interesting stuff, but of course it's all ice-related type deal. Yes. So he's almost like Iceman from the X-Men. There yeah. you go. Well, and if you, <laughs> the um, the other fun thing is that in our modern society, we like to break the year into four seasons. Right. Um, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Mm -hmm. But from a more historical perspective um spring and autumn weren't really seasons they were breaking points so there's right. the spring equinox and the autumn equinox right. everything from the spring equinox to the autumn equinox is summer right everything from the autumn equinox to the spring equinox could have been winter which right. then gives credence to our thought of seeing yule um or december 21st through 20 Third, depending on the year, as um, midwinter, right? Um, the um, winter solstice, um, mm -hmm. or seeing the summer solstice as midsummer. Right. Whereas um, when you use modern calendars, what I think of as midwinter, that winter solstice, is mm -hmm. actually considered the first day of winter in a modern calendar. Right. Correct. Yeah. And that's the funny part. It's like even the Romans, like the Romans, didn't even recognize they didn't have months for winter basically well there was no need right <laughs> so it was one of those basically their calendar ended on the autumn equinox they had a celebration in december usually mm -hmm. and then Saturnalia. right and then it's one of those they didn't really do anything until spring because you know it was usually especially in the northern parts of the empire it was really cold huh. so yeah there wasn't a whole lot of celebration going on but once the spring hit, then of course, okay, the earth has come back to life again, and so now there's a reason to celebrate, and so now we go back to it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about the the Christmas holidays, obviously, when we get actually into December, and start talking about uh, St. Nick, and like I said, it, I think we even talked about before, we'll talk about Krampus, and we'll talk about some of the other ones that are uh, fun ones that didn't get incorporated, some that did get incorporated, how they got incorporated, uh, just like, for instance, with Thanksgiving, you know, it, this is all a conglomeration for most of us in the Northern Hemisphere of, yeah, this is, okay, we are definitely going into winter, and, yeah, you better eat up, because it's you potentially going to be a long, hard winter. There, There's a real um, truth to the fact that with our modern society, we're very separated from... Um, With our modern society, we're very separated 
from the the agricultural seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here where we live, you can see the agriculture happening around us. We live in a pretty rural area. Right. But not everyone lives that way. In fact, right. most people don't live that way. Uh But I think there's a truth that our continued celebration of Thanksgiving, regardless of whether we celebrate it in November in the U.S., in uh, October in Canada, or, um, you know, Harvest Festival celebrated throughout the year or throughout the world, there's a truth that it is a collective memory of a time Mm -hmm. when Harvest Festivals were a life and death situation. Right. You know, um, and if you look at the foods we eat... uh, around Thanksgiving, uh, we don't eat a lot of fresh fruits or fresh vegetables. Right. We eat a lot of cooked fruits and vegetables because right. the, the fruits and vegetables we have, I mean, that's, that's, if it's not something that can make it through winter, like potatoes and, um, onions and stuff, you're not eating vegetables for a while. Right. Um, and then, you know, any of your really good fresh berries and stuff, those are gone by now. Right. Um, and it is a very starch-heavy and protein-heavy meal because going into a winter season for an agricultural people, you're going to need those extra proteins and calories to make it through that. Right. And especially for the kids, you know, you're going to need it for that. And then also, the other neat part is, you know, you take some of those, the fruits and stuff like that that you know you're not going to have around and you make them into like pies mm-hmm. or you make them into different different desserts so that, that way everybody gets to enjoy the sweetness because that was also another thing obviously you know your your sweets weren't like they are today i mean you didn't have everywhere. access to refined sugar either right. like you, you were getting sweetness out of you know syrups if you could yeah. tap the trees honey, honey um and, and fruits right you know you'd have to your um candy your sweetened candy yams and squashes mm-hmm. and things like that i mean that was having to refine those sugars out of them to right make them sweet. which takes a lot of time it takes does. a lot of effort and was expensive mm-hmm. so it's one of those yeah you didn't have you know snack wells sitting on the shelf at the grocery store because there was no such thing okay. but yeah you're so yeah it's and it is a collective memory just like a lot of things that we have uh our collective memories but we don't necessarily all remember it potentially the same way and the other part is it loses some of its value and meaning because you don't have to live that way anymore or at least for now uh so that's the nice part in my tradition and in our coven we try to if not eat seasonally year-round because there's really no need to eat seasonally in our modern world but we definitely try to eat very seasonally on Sabbaths and special holidays like Thanksgiving and stuff. So, you know, come um, Yule, it's going to be very meat and starch mm-hmm. heavy. Um, I expect some gumbo. Yes, okay. there, there'll definitely be gumbo. Right. Um, come, <laughs> uh, but come in bulk, mm. um, when milk is going to start flowing, it's going to be very dairy heavy. Um, in, um, let's say Beltane, there's going to be a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables on, on our plate and come around towards Lamas, which, um, it is one of the more obscure holidays that not everyone knows about. That's one, that's our first harvest festival. It takes place in August and it celebrates the grain harvest. We eat a lot of bread. Okay. 
Now you so, guys know why I go and actually like hang out at these things. They feed me. Oh yeah, so. yeah. We we make a lot of food. <laughs> we do. Yeah, they they make a lot of food. It's really good, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, because you know one of the things that now of course is yeah, before the deadly virus that we won't speak about. Um, before that happened, it's one of those. There used to be get-togethers at churches a lot. I remember that, and especially around this time of year. You would have a Thanksgiving dinner, usually. You would have, of course, coming up, you'd have a Christmas dinner. Uh, especially, let me tell you, I've been to several, several churches, okay, that if Christmas lands on a Sunday, like it's about to, oh my gosh, they're going to be food for days. Because, uh. you know, you're going to go, obviously, and, and do all the do all the get-together and, and do all the singing and, and everything like that and the preaching and all that. And then afterwards, everybody's going to eat. Yeah. And you're going to eat well. I think there's a truth that as humans, we bond over food. Oh, absolutely. Like, I have never met anyone from any culture that doesn't start talking about their culture and begin food. with food. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so basic. You no, know, I'm Cajun, and we begin with gumbo and jambalaya and oh you're cajun i'm having dinner at your house because it always begins with food oh yeah um and i think that's one of the great things about these harvest festivals is that you know with that collective memory we Mm -hmm. had people start coming indoors more people aren't outside as much people you know you're bringing your your um, herds and your livestock and right. you're coming back to the village if you've been away. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really coming closer around the fire right. and we're having these meals. And that is why I think so many people think of this season and these holidays as family times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, because it's one of those, once again, it, you know, in the, well, yeah, even before we did agriculture, hunter-gatherers, that's the same thing you were doing. You're sitting around a fire because the fire is protection. Mm-hmm. And you're with everybody, which is once again protection, because most predators don't like hunting large groups. So if you've got a group together mm-hmm. and the fire, you're probably pretty safe. Yeah. And you get to sit around and you get to eat food because it's one of those, you may not have eaten all day because whatever you were doing was hunting. And so it's if you didn't catch anything until potentially later in the day, now it's one of those, yeah, you've skinned the thing, you've prepared it for dinner, and now you're all sitting around enjoying the fact that, one, you survived another day, and two, you all get to eat together and, you know, talk about the way that Grog throws a spear. <laughs> so, and then uh, as we as we kept going and, you know, then we got into the agricultural thing, it's, you didn't lose those memories necessarily, and so you realized, okay, this is important. We need to keep doing this. We need to keep this going. This actually keeps us together. It keeps us grounded in who we are, and it keeps us from basically becoming antisocial beasts is basically what happens. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but it's one of those, it, it's a, it keeps you from, well, from madness. I've watched people, I've watched that happen to people. Uh, isolation can do that to folks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, therefore, being together, being with other humans, being, you know, and fed, that's the other thing. Yeah, it really is powerful how food is, yeah, it's 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 just going, hey, do you want some of my food? Okay, here, you can have some of my food. And now we get to talk about, you know, hey, we shared the food. All right, good deal. Hmm. Hey. Well, and on that note, you know, 
with the wanting to be around each other and, and have that company and that food, do you find an increased presence of uh, spirits and ghosts around this time of year? All the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I do as well. Yeah. And, I, you know, it seems very normal for me yeah. on around Samhain. Uh, because, oh, the veil. Yeah, yeah, the veil is thinner. And, you know, it's definitely a thing I have said for years. It's very common saying amongst my people is all are welcome at my table, living and dead on this most holy night. Right. Um, but that being said, I, I think the spirits, especially your ancestors, yes. your family spirits, yep. are drawn to us because they see us also getting together as yes. a family. Mm -hmm. They see the families coming closer, so they're drawn to that collective energy. Well, and that's what you also talk about normally mm -hmm. a lot of times, is you'll talk about, especially if somebody's recently passed, because you're all sharing that same hurt, yeah. but they're there with you. That's the other thing. Um because it's one of those, yeah, that's their family too still, so they still recognize that, and they're still coming there to enjoy the time together. Now, yeah, it brings them down that, that to know that they've caused some sadness, but it's one of those, they're still coming around to see you. Oh, yeah. And, and the funny part to me is, if you ever listen to, of course, there's no real Thanksgiving songs, but if you listen <laughs> to Christmas songs, and I'll probably point this out again when we get closer to it, you know, one of the lines in one of the famous Christmas songs is, There'll be uh, tales of the glory of, of, of uh, long, long ago. There'll be scary ghost stories. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait a minute. Why would you tell scary ghost stories at Christmas? And it's like, because that was a tradition, actually. Oh, yeah. And still should continue to be one, which is always kind of fun. But the other part is, yeah, the spirits, and like she said, your ancestors especially, draw close. And so you're able to actually have better communication with them. At least I've found that. Mm -hmm. And especially when I've tried, and I, I usually do, so it's one of those, I have better communication with them, um, and I have, now don't get me wrong, I don't do my necromancy at all, okay? <laughs> so I'm not asking any of them about the future or anything stupid uh, that can get you into a lot of trouble. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those, I do, you know, I check in on them, I make sure that I know, you know, how they've been doing. Uh, I will ask them what they've been doing because there's still stuff that goes on even when you're dead. Oh, yeah. Just FYI for anybody that didn't know that. It's one of those. They still might not stuff be alive, on. but they still have lives. Yeah, they, it, yeah pretty much, right? Uh, that was actually pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, all that stuff happens around this time of year. And see, the, the funny part for me is the veil doesn't actually, it's thin around Samhain. But it's not it's, like it opens up for that one. Yeah, it just slams and shut. Slam shut. It stays open. See, I find that that period from Samhain till Yule, so mm -hmm. that's going to be November and most of December, right. is when I find the most spirit is the most ghost encounters. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also find that my ancestor magic <laughs> works better at that time, yeah. and counterintuitively, I find fewer poltergeist and negative ghost in, um, incidences and... Yeah. 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 Around that time. And I think it might be that, you know, a lot of those ghosts and spirits are off with their families or are, at, you know... That's, yeah, that's a possibility as well. They, they, they seem calmer around that time of year, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, because it's just... Yeah, it's well. It's for one, it's more of a happier time usually. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it usually attracts less negativity, anyways. Yeah. I would say the only thing that usually 
is seen as a negativity thing as far as spiritually goes is the people that make it all about gifts and money because money will drive people crazy. Yeah. So it's one of those, and especially lack of money, obviously, will bring people down. So you have that negativity. But then if you embrace, like, see, I love, I love this time of year. I love the holidays. I love doing all this stuff because it's so much fun for me. And therefore, like a lot of people who are, you know, it's a lot of fun for them. You have fun with it. You do yeah. all the. There's still daily stress, and I get that. There's still stuff that goes on that sucks. It, it always does, okay? That's life. But for the most part, it's like, yeah, like I'm looking forward to Thursday. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. It's going to be great. I absolutely am too. And the whole weekend, because now it's one of those. Not only do I get Thursday, but I get to eat the leftovers, which will be even better. Um, and yeah, it's just fun. And so, what do y'all do with your leftovers? Okay, so usually what we'll do is uh, I will eat some turkey sandwiches. Uh, we'll have a turkey casserole. That'll happen as well. Um, let's see what else we. The desserts, of course, get eaten first by the kids, so those will be gone within like I'd say you know a couple of hours on Friday. Oh yeah, the desserts are usually gone by the time we get to bed Thursday night. If oh I'm okay. Be very frank. Yeah. In my house. Yeah. I can see that, yeah. Um, her her kids are hummingbirds, so there you go. <laughs> Thankfully, I only have like maybe one or two hummingbirds, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So yeah, so the desserts will be gone, and then yeah, the turkey turkey will stick around the longest. Uh, but we'll yeah we'll make sandwiches, we'll make casserole. I'll probably put it in some stir fry. I really enjoy that, and the the different stuff like probably the. Green bean casserole, that'll probably stick around for a few days. The mashed potatoes, I'll probably have some of those on Sunday watching football. Uh, yes, I watch football. NFL. So, there you go. Um, we've got the potatoes. Yeah, candied yams will probably get, those will probably get eaten up pretty quick. Because, once again, candied yams. Because um, my wife puts marshmallows in them. So, those are actually pretty good. Really sweet. So they're almost like a dessert. So there you go. And then, yeah. Now, of course, I don't need any of the cranberry sauce. I hate cranberry sauce. I love cranberries. Hate cranberry sauce. Okay, okay so to me, cranberry sauce comes in a, a, it's a, a can. can. Yeah. It's a can-shaped. It's mm. a gelatinous can-shaped uh, yeah, object. Fine. Yeah. And I love it. Oh, gosh. Um, and I've been told that you're supposed to actually put it on top of the turkey, but I see. Oh, I, I, I don't understand that. I just eat it with a spoon. Gross. I like fruits. I, like I, I don't have a problem with cranberry. <laughs> I don't like cranberry sauce, okay? That stuff is nasty. Um, to me, at least. Right, uh, so we will actually take the turkey and turn it into turkey gumbo. Oh, yeah. And so we have rice with our Thanksgiving dinner. We don't have mashed potatoes or oh, something. Okay. So that rice gets used yeah. in the gumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the vegetables, the green beans, oh, yeah. and everything will just get eaten along the way. Yeah. Um, and then the desserts will just disappear. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we'll have some leftover bread because we do have, like, rolls and bread. And, again, that'll get... So anything that get, can be put in gumbo gets put in gumbo, and mm. then everything else gets just eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, it, and, yeah, the rolls and stuff, yeah, because that's what you use to make your turkey sandwiches with. Yeah. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that makes the rolls disappear quicker. But yeah, it's and it's like I said, it's all about coming together. It's but all about having fun together. Now I will say that. Pro- do, oh, go ahead. oh, sorry. No. One thing we will do though is I will save some of the turkey bones. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. It's that. an excellent. It, it's an excellent source of bones. And then those, to me, those bones have also been blessed 
by oh, yeah. the the fact that this was such a communal situation. Mm-hmm. It was such a family and mm-hmm. joyful meal. So these bones have that extra joy there. Um, safety tip, though, these are still cooked bird bones, which right. means that they are very brittle and do splinter. So be careful with those if you do choose to save them for your magical practice. And don't feed them to the dog. Do not let them anywhere near your dogs. Yeah. So if you didn't know that, safety tip. Thanks, Egon. but yeah it's uh it's one of those yeah i'll probably do yeah i'll probably do an ancestor contact on saturday that's probably what i'll do uh just so that that way it's one of those if i don't talk to him on thursday which i probably will i'll i'll definitely talk to him on saturday that's what i plan on doing um i'll actually be visiting this year um my non-magical family um, uh, and I, so I will be waiting to do a lot of those things until I get home. Oh, um, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, don't want to freak oh, out the normals. Yeah. yeah. You don't want, don't want to scare the muggles. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, um, so that, that's some of the things that we will do. Yeah. Um, and you know, there, there is a beauty to be had in the mundane magic of a great get together with friends family oh absolutely yeah i mean it's so you know if you just if you look at what's going on and you look at how happy pretty much everybody is usually unless you're you decide to bring up politics or something like that um which may not be a good idea (laughs) just fyi once again another safety tip but you you all know that politics and religion right normally (laughs) so it's one of those you know you just have fun and you realize that yeah, everybody's having a good time, and this is what it's all about, is being together. And just enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the bottom line with these celebrations. No matter what celebration it is, make sure you enjoy yourself, because it's just fun. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a break from just the normal, everyday stuff. It's supposed to be a break from, you know, yeah. So, for instance, I do a lot of high magic. Uh, that's what one of my things has always been. Uh, my friend here is teaching me low magic. Yeah, now, I, there's nothing wrong, and don't get me wrong, there is no... Uh, it's not I, that one is better right, than the other, or right. easier or harder than right. the other. Right, it, it's just the different names for them. And so, yeah, but I, you know, it's it's one of those, I get to take a break for just a little bit, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm still doing daily ritual stuff, but, you know, I get to take a break from any high magic, because, frankly, for me, contacting ancestors is not high magic. No. Never has been. It's actually pretty easy for me. Um, it's actually been one of my gifts for a long time that I don't tell other people about uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I can't freak out the muggles. Yeah. So, um, and we've actually talked about like having our daughters come on here and talk about what it was like growing up <laughs> with us. Yeah. And, you know, because my daughter can do that too. And yeah. so I've had to tell her from a young age, like, hey, we don't tell other people about this. Yeah, no, my, my daughter has similar gifts to me as well. Um, and my gifts um, are, are revolve, revolve around animal and life forces. So, like, the mm-hmm. ability to, un, to um, converse with animal spirits and to be an, empathic with living animals and plants and things like that my daughter has those abilities as well and it's like don't tell people you know how the cat's feeling right right it scares the muggles <laughs> it does it scares people quite a bit uh, uh, 
Yeah, and you know the the folks that don't don't believe it, that's fine. You know, I, I'm that's great. You, you don't you don't believe it, that's that's fine. Um, but that's your choice. It is, and there's nothing wrong with that. If going through the matrix the way that it's set up. It you can you I mean I know a lot of people that live perfectly happy lives doing that. If it brings you joy, then now, go for it. Yeah. Now, however, when they encounter something weird, the first person they call <laughs> yeah. is normally me to find out. Hey, why'd this weird thing happen? Be like, oh, don't worry about it. Well, and one of the other things that I'm looking forward to for this Thanksgiving is I am going to be going and visiting um, family out of town, and there is a um, old fort. Um, mm-hmm like a pre-revolutionary war fort. I mean, like, real, like this was built by the Spaniards old. Oh um, and so I love going there and uh, talking to the, the spirits and the ghosts that are hanging out there. I was going to say, yeah. there's some old, old there, there are, there's some old folks there, um, and they, they seem to get amused when I show up, um, and I'm not going to sit here and say, because I'm the only one who talks to them. No, there's other, you know, people who who show up to talk to them. But they, they you know, are always amused when I show up. And I've been going and visiting them since I was a child. Right. So, so I'm excited to get to go and uh, talk to some different ghosts than I normally talk to. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's... So, you know, every... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... Almost every day for us is Halloween. Yeah. That's the other fun part. Uh, or Samhain. Yeah. Or Samhain. Hey, whichever one. No, yeah, it's, it's a, like I've said before, it's a fun life. It really is. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. We all have, us, we've got all kinds of daily stress stuff going on, just like everybody else. Um, we have, you know, we've talked about we've got jobs, we've got families, we've got all this stuff going on. And so, no matter what, yeah. It, it's it's just a, I would get I would say probably just a little slight enhancement to the normal. Yeah. That's all it is. It's you're still gonna have all the normal stuff. Once again, as I think she's she, she's talked about, nobody none of us have won the lottery. None of us have gotten any money for talking to spirits. And it'd be nice, but no. Oh my gosh. But. It's one of those, don't anticipate that happening. And the other part is, sometimes, which I know, of course, everybody, just like everybody else, will say, well, hey, give me a chance. It's one of those, there's no guarantee that money's going to make you happy. Yeah. Whereas, I'm usually pretty happy, mm-hmm. no matter what. And I live a pretty <laughs> normal life, at least for anybody on the outside looking in. I mean, I would think my life is pretty normal, but, you know... Um, Except for those fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> she got her nails done. I did. They, I did. I treated myself. They look like they, they look like they're uh, getting ready to open cans or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I got my nails done. I treated myself. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, the spirit who shows up and shows me where the million dollars is hasn't oh. come to my door yet. That'd be right? nice. Um, I want to find the lost Dutchman's gold. Just have him show up and tell me where it is. Yeah. That would be great. But um, For those of you that don't know that, Google that. That's worth a Google, by the way. And <laughs> don't go look for it. You'll get killed by drug cartels, I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, there, there is no money to be made in, in being an occultist, um, I, unfortunately. Not a lot of money. I'd say there's some. 
There's some money. Some money. There's I'm, I'm, there's there's no fortunes to be made. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's probably. There's no true. fortunes to be made um, yeah. being an occultist. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know what there is? There are friendships to be made. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the people I've met during this, oh. um, friends yeah. forever. Right. So. Yeah. So that's that's the other part. Plus, you know, you get to you get to actually read some pretty cool books and actually learn more about human existence than what is normally told to everybody. That's the other fun part. Well, and so this episode's been a little bit lighter on the occult than we usually are. Yeah. But it's been, but this has been fun um, talking to y'all <laughs> a little bit about um, how we see this week in particular and yeah. the changing of the seasons. Um, and uh, you know, uh, come back next week. What are we talking about next week? I can't remember. Oh, let's see. Next week we're actually going to be talking about. Da, 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 da. We're going to be talking about the difference in malevolent, benevolent, and neutral. So that'll actually be for, I would say, most spirits, probably. Yeah, that'd be uh, most entities. So we're going to be talking about, um, you know, how they vary mm-hmm. and what things would fall under what categories. And um, maybe a better way of categorizing right. entities. So I'll probably pick out at least two or three. Well, three, since there's three categories. I'll pick out three. And I'll, I'll pick the, out, yeah, yeah, as well. And we'll go over... Um, you know, entities that are typically classified as that. And then, right. You know. What we, we found. Yeah, what we yeah. found in our own experience. All right. Well, this has been Magic with a K. Once again, I'm Dan. And I'm Alex. You guys have an awesome Thanksgiving, and we appreciate all the downloads. We appreciate everybody around the world, and you all stay safe out there.